0: This is Jack Gottlieb with the L&D Transformation Podcast, where business leaders share their advice. It's five questions in nine minutes because talent development needs to create value and generate results quickly that balance immediate needs and long-term transformation. So let's get to it. In a few sentences, please tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Michelle Kay, and I am the head of learning and development at Albertsons Companies. We're a national grocery store chain. We have 2,300 stores, 1,700 pharmacies, four corporate campuses, and 300 associates, or 300,000 associates.
0: It's okay. They just added that many employees just like that. They did. Hired, they did. She got a hiring, <laughs> got a hiring <laughs> employee there. So we can be funny here. Yes. Really you know, especially in, which we talked about when we met up the first time, you know, the space of grocery, pharmacy, it's still a human touch business. There's only so much I want to do by picking up in front in the parking lot. There's only so much I want to do to have shipped to my home. I still want the experience to go and see and touch and smell, right? So with that dynamic, what is the best thing about being in learning and development today as it relates to this space, but also just overall?
1: Yeah. I mean, in this space, I think exactly what you said. Um, I think that we're going to talk a little bit about AI in this conversation, but you can't Solve for those human touch points through AI. So we are still very customer centric, very associate centric. Um, overall, in LD, I just think what's great about it right now is that we're able to not only support our learners, but also make an impact at an organization at a really unique time in history. Like we have all of these things kind of colliding into one another. You can't actually separate belonging from DEI or coaching and feedback or role-specific curricula. Like You can't separate those. They all go in together. And so being in this space right now, I think, is just really exciting.
0: I love that. And the intersection by which you shared of all those coming together is key because if I'm coming to get my food, prepared food, groceries, pharmacy, other items, I want all that to be clean especially if I'm using both kind of tech and touch. I'm in the store, but technology is also there as well. And anything I, I might be pre-ordering, checking on, and all of that beyond just support I need when I'm there, when I leave, before I come, I think is critical. So this leads into the next question. So you know, most executives, and it's continually coming out in all industries, will say direct or indirectly there will continue to be shifts in L&D. How do you see things continually shifting, but more importantly, the expectations for L&D
1: you know, around that? I think in L&D, um, our job is often finding this magical combination of not reinventing the wheel and taking risks on things that our learners and our businesses don't know that they need or want just yet. And so I think the complexity um, of these dramatic shifts and in expectations really lies in where the expectations are coming from. So we have expectations from ourselves. We have expectations from the industry, um, from our learners, the business, cross functional partners, and technology. And so I think all of those things, again, just like kind of colliding into one another is going to cause the dramatic shifts that we're going to see in LD. But this isn't anything new. This is unique to L&D and typically what people love about L&D is that it continues to evolve. You continue to have to, you know, have this balance between the old and the new and finding kind of the right time and place. That's a
0: good way to put it, hundred percent. What would you say then is kind of that strategic guidance or advice? Because as you said, there's the technology, there is the infusion, and continued unknown of what ai can be shouldn't be take time to figure out touch in your case in store out of store all that coming together what guidance would you give folks who are on a similar but maybe still discovery beyond just journey right still things to figure out as much as you are trying to elevate quickly
1: yeah I think there's a few things. I think one around AI specifically, you know, a lot of times as leaders, we can hire the brightest, smartest, most capable people and build these high functioning teams. Um, And as leaders, we don't have to be experts. We can just ask really good questions. And as long as you have very smart, um, high functioning teams, you're good. I think AI, you can't do that. Like you cannot just hire smart people and expect to ask good questions and get away with it um, and make any progress. And so I think a really good example is um, our chief people officer at Albertsons, Mike Thielman. He um, has been taking the Coursera course on ChatGPT, and we are talking about it in our HR leadership meetings, we are weaving it into our all hands HR meetings, how people are using it in their lives and at work. And I think it's a really good example of everybody has to be using it in some way, even though you don't have to be an expert. So I think it's different than other technology advances that we've had before. Um, the other thing that I think is really important that we keep top of mind um, and you know, advice that I've been kind of sharing, solicited, unsolicited, is um, this impact of trauma. So there was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal about um, how they have a bunch of um, assessments and data to show that specifically the age group under 25 is not meeting the standards, and they really tie it. Um, in, paraphrasing horribly, but they really tie it to um, being isolated and having to learn virtually. And then there's a little bit of like, oh, here comes this new generation feel to it. Um, But really what it is, is we went through trauma as a global population. We already have research that shows us what the impact of trauma has on learning at all different phases of our lives. And so, and we're just, we're not out of that yet. And I don't know if we ever will be. I was talking to my oldest the other day, he's gonna be 16 in a few weeks. And I said, do kids like talk about time as before and after the pandemic? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so I think that this trauma that we all collectively has have experienced is not over yet. And that is absolutely showing up in the workplace and we have to think about that because it's not just that people were online. It goes much deeper than that.
0: Yeah. How would you, you know, when we talk about emotional, physical, mental, social, financial, um, career, family, health, right? Kind of that, which you've been around for a long time, different versions, that kind of wheel of life, right? Um, where do you think, based on what you just alluded to, where do you think an organization needs to be able to take that to not to the degree where it takes over the time and agenda of what we still need to focus on in business? But how do we need to be holistic but pragmatic about it from what you would sense since you brought into, which I agree, kind of total health and wellness, which infuses to the company back and forth?
1: You know, when we talk about, so something that I've been thinking a lot about is with just all of the change coming with technology and everything else is um, this ability to kind of regulate your emotions. And when we talk about the skills that we are responsible for, if you will, in organizations for teaching, I don't know that we're responsible for teaching it, but we're also in this movement of um, social justice belonging, bringing your whole self to work. And I don't know how we exclude things that fundamentally make us human from the curricula that we typically teach. And so I really think that it is just has to be woven throughout how we talk about things.
0: Yeah. What is your just a maybe last I might have another five question, but right now it's the last five question of this. I think this is a really key point weaving, stacking, and threading beyond just more modules and content, right, is often to me one of the missing components of, I hate to use the word design because that then says, oh, that's just somebody putting a PowerPoint together. We talk about how are we going to build capability? How are we going to do so in the way of work so it's embedded beyond just developed but not applied? I have all this food in my kitchen. That doesn't mean I know how to cook it and then serve it, right? Yeah. So when we talk about that aspect of woven, stacked, f- embedded, what does that also then mean in regards to the expectations or outcomes we want people to own when they go into a training? Meaning, the capability I need to, what I need to learn, the capability that has to connect to, has it rise against the goals of my vertical and/or the customers in business? But what does it mean to my wellness and health? How do you think that wovenness? has to embed itself in managing the deliverables that are me to my team, to the business, to the customer. That's a big question, but what do you think is key to manage that clearly? Because we can go through all that work, but then the overwhelm of the process, project structure, deliverables, demands, you lose sight of that shared context. What do you think is key?
1: I think what's key is, I think what we learned I think what we learned during the whole social justice movement was what courageous conversations look like at an organizational level, what listening to others' um, opinions and experiences that are different than our own, how much impact that had. And it brought forth this ability to really focus in on some foundational elements that often are asked for, but lost in a lot of programs like empathy and some of the other just like basics, right? And so when we think about coaching and feedback, how are we supposed to do coaching and feedback if we're not weaving in DEI? How can I give the keys to the car to someone to drive if they don't understand other things that are going to happen on the road, or why things might be happening, or why people show up a certain way, or why people react a certain way. Great point. So I think that that's I think that's the piece is that we take what we learned around these kind of um, conversations with one another in the spirit of belonging and having a unique perspective in the world, and then sharing those and be and not just sticking to the content and the course curriculum.
0: Well, look, it's very much like going to any grocery store. You wouldn't put the milk in a small little like section of cold and then next to it is the Cheerios. Could do that, cause it might make sense to do it, but then the yogurt's over, it's like, okay, we, how, we've designed in retail and or in how we, frankly, even going to Barnes and Noble, Everything's got a threaded area that then connects to a a flow Mm -hmm. restaurant, high end restaurants. How do we maximize the experience and the flow of food and or what we're purchasing? We don't do that in our learning. Yeah. It's It's all sometimes one dimensional or a lot of dimensions, but not connected. I think what you're alluding to is key. So I think for the listeners or the watchers or both is tell me if you like this and please add, and then we'll wrap up is, First, own the context of the markets and customers you serve. What does that mean in every training you do? No matter who, who what they're the customer face or not, they all are. How does that relate to the culture and priorities of the business? What does that mean to the dreams, aspirations, and career path, and what people need to grow into in terms of the job? How, thread all that into constant pieces and touch points. So there's always that intersection to thread into. So there's always something that's kind of mapping everything into action, but relevantly. That's kind of what I hear you saying, because oftentimes we get lost in, I have to go and elevate in my AI so that we can, right, okay, but how does that connect? What does that mean? How do we simply use it? And don't get lost in the technology versus well, where can we apply it based on this context?
1: Yeah. Is yeah, fair?
0: Uh, I'm yeah, scared. absolutely.
1: And I think in the L and D space, you know, <clears throat> all of their research shows that everything should be scenario based or experiential in some way. Right. And so that's what people have been asking for for a long time is how do you take all of these elements (laughs) and like make it real world. Right. It's like when you get the word problems in school, it's like, how do you put it all together? Um, But I do think that people still need to talk about what has happened over the last few years and what they're experiencing. And that's not going away.
0: That's right have that voice, let them make sense of what they're feeling, which is something Gallup came out with in the beginning of the pandemic is people need sense making, not just connect to and have a voice to share what they're feeling. I can share what I'm feeling, but I need time to make sense of it. And it has it connect to the context of my way of work, my life, my team, and make it so, as you alluded to, there's times that keep things separate, but we got to make sure they connect as well. So if they don't, we lose sight of it working for the work, but working for the people in the work. Love that. Last question To drive a lot of what we've shared and expanded upon, which has been fantastic, what are the one to two mindsets or critical skills we must build to be successful in the new world of Ellen Day?
1: Okay, so I was thinking through this. Um... And I put it into ChatGPT to see what it would say. <laughs> wow. And um, I agree with half of the answer. So ChatGPT said um, a growth mindset and critical thinking skills. Um, I don't disagree with those two. I think the growth mindset has been around for a long time, right? So sure. Really really about-
0: and- oh, sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's built into education. I think what's... Um, What's missing from it is I'm not sure that we really know what that looks like with the amount of uncertainty that is in front of us. I think growth mindset has been boiled down to praise the effort, not the accomplishment. And I think it's just so much more than that. Um, I would swap out critical thinking, although it's very important, um, with emotional regulation, which I mentioned earlier. I think in times of uncertainty... We have to have the skills to know when to show up, how to show up, how to um really kind of regulate ourselves, be aware um, and help others do the same thing. And I think that the challenge with AI is that there's a huge spectrum of adoption and we still have a large population that feels nervous and doesn't know what this is gonna look like and isn't gonna take my job. And there are people that are, you know, going out and using it every day. And I think that um, the level of kind of anxiety and emotions around it, I think if we can focus on emotional regulation um, and still be honest and show up as who we are, I think that's kind of what I would say.
0: That's so key. I think so fundamental is managing the emotions, which isn't just about myself, it's the dynamic of the business. It doesn't mean we're bringing in a red couch to the degree of slowing everything down, but sometimes to go fast, we have to go slow. Right. Sometimes when we go fast, we end up going slower because we're not in your world. I love the word regulate, regulating, acknowledging, making sense of the emotions around what is competing priorities. What is, it could be DEI, what could be a sense of uh, positioning where look, I've been here so long and all of a sudden I'm not as valued as somebody new or vice versa. There's so many avenues that is beyond what people often consume is, oh, the EI, that's for the protected class. No, It's it's in everything we do, everything that we do. And it intertwines with everything we spoke about. So this was, I could do this with you all day. Um, you were fantastic. And thank you so much for bringing, I think, to this particular episode, a further heightened understanding and pragmatic focus around Owning that intersection between the person, the work, the business, and again, whatever markets and customers that we're in. And how does that play down to constantly letting that voice and value come out in a way that's not only serving the individual, but actually elevates the business when you do it right. So, again, Michelle, awesome.
1: Thank you. Can I just add one more thing? Yeah, shoot. Um So around emotional regulation, I just don't want to leave people thinking that that means to not show emotions because I think a lot of times people think, oh, if I have to regulate my emotions, that means that I just have to like show up like a robot and not show people what I'm thinking and feeling, which is absolutely not the case. I mean, I think we need to lean into vulnerability, but it is kind of challenging your own thought patterns um, to make the best decisions, but it's absolutely Still showing up with emotions because emotions are not bad. Emotions are really good. And having a lot of emotions is just as disruptive as showing up with no emotions. So I just don't want to leave with the idea that you are not showing emotions.
0: No, that's a real, I think, a really key just affirmation of what hopefully is it. It's, it's, you need to sometimes downshift when there's snow on the ground. That doesn't mean that you're not using the full gears of the car. Yep. It means we have to regulate. We got to, Down, upshift, whatever it might be, to the appropriate time. But we're always need to use that full piece. I think that was, I was. Thank you for that ad. It was, it was perfect. This is Jack Golly with the L and D Transformation Podcast. For more, please go to our hub, which houses well over ninety plus episodes over three seasons that really bring this kind of full circle, but pragmatic folks into play. You can also see us on LinkedIn as our extension for where we're kind of discussing and sharing, but also your traditional podcast on Amazon. Google, Apple, and Spotify. Michelle was awesome, thank you.
1: Thank you, Jack, it was a pleasure.